Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. Hits the spot on this quite soggy morning here in Santa Fe. We did get the burst of monsoon moisture with more to come. The uh, horse trough, which is purely... I don't want to say it's decorative because it's not that pretty. Maybe utilitarian and funky. Uh, but I think which has maybe never seen a horse in its life. Certainly uh, not not in our tenure. And the rain barrels are full. We have them as catchments under the canales, you know. Save up that precious water. But, uh, yeah, I woke in the night listening to it, unleashing a downpour and thought happily of that, and then thought less happily of the fact that I didn't turn my patio cushions over. <laughs> so I'm going to have a soggy butt this morning, but you know what? That's all right. I could choose to be outside, and I'm not. Uh, well, there, I found a reasonably dry patch on the pillow. I have to get back in my habit of turning the... Um, patio cushions on end when I get up now that we're moving into monsoon season. My mom is um, in, in every way a better housekeeper than I am. <laughs> Her house is really perfect and lovely, but they bring in the cushions, bring in all their patio cushions when it's going to rain. My patio cushions lead no such soft life. <laughs> they are left to face the elements. I actually leave them outside all winter, which I know is bad and wrong, but I don't notice a huge amount of wear and tear on them. I mean, they're not super cute to begin with. My moms are super cute. Um, I don't have a great place to store them. Our house is low on storage, and sometimes it's nice in the winter, and I want to be able to go sit outside, <laughs> and I want to be able to do it without um, digging out pillows. All of this is to say that I am lazy. My my focus is elsewhere. But it's um just a beautiful morning. It's I know I wax on about it, but it can be difficult to express just how beautiful the desert is when we get rain, especially after a long dry spell. Uh, you can actually see things turn green. It seems unlikely, but you can look outside and see that it was greener than an hour ago. Uh, and the leaves seem to unfold, and the flowers take on deeper color, and it's uh, everything just looks like a Monet painting. We go from <laughs> being like Salvador Dali to Monet. <laughs> One of the pieces of art I have in my house is a uh, Monet that I can't think of what the name of it is now. But I saw it at a Monet exposition at the Denver Art Museum and ended up contacting the museum in Scotland where it hung and requesting a print of it from them and then had it framed. I've never loved the frame that it's in. It was my framer and Laramie who seem to do a good job sometimes and other times not. And I should 
consider reframing it. I think maybe what it needs is like one of these modern invisible frames that I could just go pick up at Michael's, you know. And maybe I should do that. But I was going to see if I could... I'll just sort of take a picture of the general garden for you guys so you can just see. How pretty it looks being all rainwashed. I'm trying to like not have the, I guess I could just move the hose. I'm like doing all these gyrations to keep the garden hose that I didn't put away. <laughs> we have a theme uh, out of the frame, but it's, uh, I want to just move that. A nice picture. We could do the photo from this way too because I don't often take photos from this direction. So let's see. And it's like where there was bare soil, all of a sudden plants emerge. Oh, there, that's a pretty picture. All right. So, yeah. Definitely uh, so lovely to, to get the rain come in. My mom is very funny because she's been complaining to me daily about how they haven't had rain and how they need rain. And they finally got rain yesterday. And then the first thing she said to me this morning was that her window washers were supposed to come at 7 and she hopes it doesn't rain. <laughs> I told her I couldn't even with her, and she didn't know what I meant. <laughs> so, I finished my revision of The Promised Queen, uh, more or less. I got to page 398 of 400. Um, alert listeners at home will note that I did end up adding a few pages in there. I was down as low as 395 for a while there. So, now it's at 400. And I made it all the way up to the last couple of pages, which were really just so ragged. <laughs> it was like so full of holes um, that, yeah, I definitely need to do some more work. So, but I'm still at 111, 174. I know this because I sent editor Jenny an email. She called me amazing, you guys. She said that I was amazing. I love Editor Jenny. So, so yeah. So now today I am just going to add on. Um, well, probably I won't work past 3,000 words, right? But it'll be doing a little bit of rejiggering of what's there. Um, really, I would say what's there now is, is, is almost like an outline. It's just pretty much like stage directions. I was tired when I finished it, right? Good morning, Hummer. How are you? Oh. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's an interesting question. Will I go past 3,000 words if I need to today? There's also the possibility of co-writing with Dorinda tomorrow. I need to ask her if she's planning to write over the weekend. She almost certainly is. It's been really fun doing that with her, surprisingly fun doing that with her this week. Um, it's been some really nice companionship. I've missed seeing her, and so it's been fun just to have our brief chats before we get to work. 
have that feeling of community. So let's see. If I add 3,000 words today, then I'd be up to 114, and I'm supposed to max out at 115, so I might just call it good. I won't do more than one than 3,000 today. So I was emailing with editor Jenny yesterday. Um, she sent me the catalog copy for The Promised Queen, so I need to send her tweaks on that. It's so funny, whenever, I really love that St. Martin's gives me the opportunity to uh, edit my catalog copy, and they take my edits too. Um, Kensington never even like showed it to me. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, this is what you get. Um, I think Karina was the same. But St. Martin's, they send it to me, the catalog copy, copy and the back cover copy, BCC as we call it in the business. And it's so funny, I've had to make this same rearrangement for all three books. Whoever writes that copy defaults to giving all of the action to the guy. Uh, and it's a subtle thing. I, I was thinking I should retain it and keep this copy and then show how I tweak it just to show that very subtle gender bias, which happens, I feel like, so often where they just give most of the agency to the male character. Um, I don't know. I, th I think it might be subtle and hard to notice, but I sure notice it, especially because I'm like, well, what about Leah? Leah's, especially, you know, especially when the book is called The Promised Queen. Of course, that goes back to that joke that I think I told you guys before, kind of joke, that conversation I had with um, the group of guys who were all saying, we were talking about stuff that we read as kids, and I was saying how much, how disappointed I'd been by The Princess of Mars. And they all laughed, and they said, you probably thought it was about the princess, didn't you? <laughs> I was like, yes, I did. And they're like, but no. Um, I was really happy that they recognized that. So, yeah, the promised queen um, is in some ways, you know, the fiery crown was largely, I mean, it's both. all three books are about both of them, of course, but the fiery crown was largely about Khan's comeuppance and his major arc and the third book the promised queen is really about leo's arc and it's funny that you read that back cover copy and it sounds like it's all about what khan's gonna do there's even this line which i just it to me it's a tip-off of gender bias um, where it says khan and his bride leah you know it's like well what about leah and her husband khan <laughs> Why don't we ever say that? So, I might use that for instruction purposes. I have a uh, an article that I wrote for the Sephwa Bulletin, which probably won't be out till December. That's about um, correcting gender bias in in your world building, in your fantasy world building, and I think that's kind of a good example of subtle ways that language can be tweaked to to take that slant away. So, that was a little bit of a tangent, but it was interesting, right? Yes. So, I did ask Jenny if she wanted it now or later, as I had been mulling, and she said she has an editing project that she's working on and won't be done for a while, so getting it on August 10th is perfect for her. So, my plan is 
write these 3,000 words today, and then I'm going to set it aside to cool for a week. And then I will pick it up a week from Monday and do a final read-through and final tweaking and send it to her. And so then yesterday I had a long phone call with Agent Sarah. It was a nice long phone call, more than an hour. And we made several decisions. Um, she says, once the promised queen goes to copy edits with St. Martin's, then Jackson's at the kitchen window meowing out loudly through the yard. <laughs> I think David closed his office door. Jackson's really been wanting to go out this morning, but it's a good predator morning. I don't want him out where I'm not watching him. I could have put him out front and sat out there to watch, but I didn't. So, Jackson did manage to distract me with his mind powers, however. So, um, we came to several decisions going through things. So, she said that once Promised Queen goes to copy edits, as I kind of was predicting, I think that'll be, you know, mid-late August. She said then she'll talk to Jenny, or we could do a three-way call for, with Jenny and talk about what next with St. Martin's. What do we want to do? Sarah's feeling is that although... Orchid Throne has earned out its advance, or is close to earning out its advance, looks is poised to, I guess, for the next royalty statement, which is great news. Um, this series hasn't sold to the gangbusters level that Sarah thinks they, she doubts St. Martin's will want more in the same world. She said she could be wrong. And it really depends on Jenny and what Jenny can get. And she said, you know, fortunately, Jenny loves me. You know, having an editor who loves you makes all the difference. But, you know, they want these best-selling series. And it's you know, hasn't hit the best-seller lists. Alas. So, um, you know, and I think, you know, she said, and of course you had book two come out in the middle of a global pandemic, and that didn't help. And and I think a lot of times with a, with a trilogy like this, where it's the same hero, heroine for all three, I know a lot of you, <laughs> and I don't, probably not you listening, I know a lot of my readers out there are waiting for book three to read them all. And, you know, that's all right. I understand that. So we'll see uh, what what Jenny thinks. Uh, the good news is, is that Sarah really loved the Dark Wizard pages. I mean... I think this is the most enthusiastic response she's given me right off the bat, especially considering how rough those pages were. But she really loves it. And she had the comp going already, and we already started talking submissions to editors, uh, who, who we submit to, who my dream editors are. So Monday, I'm going to go back to Dark Wizard. She's going to send me a few notes on it. But she didn't tell me much I didn't already know. Because, you know, it was still pretty thin. It was still kind of sketched in. But, yeah, you guys, she loved it. So, even with the dubious, some of the dubious uh, dark wizardy things. So, isn't that cool? I told you guys it was a good idea, didn't I? So, so we're going to go ahead with that, and we'll see if Jenny's interested in that idea, or if she wants to talk different ideas, and we might just go wide with it. So that's exciting. So we'll just see on that. Um, you know, 
it's really very solidly romantic fantasy again, which is is where where I'm doing the best. So we also decided on Valeria, which was last fall's new shiny. Uh, that we just decided to go ahead and pull it from submission, and I'm going to self-publish it. Uh, she had said all along, we went on this second round of submissions, we went to, um, you know, trying to s sell it as a YA science fiction, which she said she'd gone to a whole lot of her agent friends and consulted with a lot of people, and she said, you know, everybody says YA sci-fi is hard. It's just a hard sell. And... There are still some editors who have it, but they've been sitting on it for so long that Sarah said, you know, I think these are just sitting at the bottom of their submission piles, and let, let's just go ahead and pull it. And I'm perfectly fine with that. So, but, you know, it was fun to talk to her about the book because we were revisiting all of the real, when we were trying to think of, you know, like what editors would take Dark Wizard to, um, you know, we were going back over the, you know, incredibly nice things everybody said about Valeria. You know, that book was just so close. It's just my usual thing, kind of weirdly cross genre. And there's, um, I think I could tell you guys this, it won't matter. Um, everybody thought it was too much like Cinder, uh, which came out in 2012. And, you know, like, I think Tor would have published it if it wasn't for Cinder. You know, and they're like, well, Cinder already did this. And it's like, this story is nothing like Cinder. It's just like the marketing concept would be similar. And they were like, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's just how traditional publishing does things. And it's one of the great frustrations. But it's also, for many writers, but it's also one reason why it's really great that we have access to self-publishing now because we have a lot more room to take on that kind of marketing. And Sarah's going to help me with it. So once I get Dark Wizard worked up and we go on submission with that, then I'm going to go back and finish writing Valeria and get that self-published. I'm not sure on timing on that. I That's one of my jobs for today is I'm going to go play with my schedule now that I kind of know what's going on. The only problem is that I still don't know what I'm going to write for the midwinter holiday anthology. I feel like the smart thing to do is to write, I mean, it really needs to be fantasy. That's the problem. It's like, I don't think it'll work to do science fiction, but I might see if Grace wants to chat this weekend. Um, because with Leslie Penelope, Melissa Marr, and Grace, those are all going to be very solidly fantasy stories. And I don't think I can do a science fiction, even if it is more sci-fi fantasy. So, but I also want to write, I want to be smart and have a story that will bring new readers, because part of the reason to do those anthologies is to hit other eyes. And I want to bring readers into my existing books or my upcoming books. And so, I don't know. Maybe a Forgotten Empires novella, but I don't know what I would do. One of the other characters? That's something to think about. So, if you guys have votes, I'm, Karina, I know you want the Zir story, but I don't think I can do like a midwinter holiday story with Zir and Desneria. I just don't think it would be the right mood. Um, 
you can suggest it, but I'm just telling you, I just, I'm not feeling it right now. But if you have a brilliant idea, you can tell me. Um, yeah, so I need to decide what, what would work. I also have Melissa Mars' novella in hand, so I need to read that and see what she did. So, we shall see. But, you know, so, moving on. New projects, new things. I'm going to go in and start getting my ducks in a row. First cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you'll find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And I will talk to you on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.